The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. Oh, dang, I am your host. I am here, and I love hearing that music. I've been listening to that music for quite a while. Thank you, Bent Mygan. 22 years now, actually. You're listening to Waking Up in America, dynamic radio dialogues on issues that matter, and I think we're going to have a good one today. Tippy Hedren and I don't always agree on everything, and that's perfect. In our 22nd year of radio, we are inviting angels and sponsors to bring us into your neighborhood. And if you have any contracts to help us, <laughs> contracts, Contacts, please. Well, forgive my tongue. Uh, call me at 310-455-8623. That's 310-455-8623. Uh, people in different areas are putting us in their newspapers. All kinds of fun things are happening, and Waking Up in America is available on every computer any place in the world. So it's hooked up to the Internet. So we love being here, and certain land stations are playing our shows and stuff. So if got any ideas or you want to be part of that, um, you can also shoot me an email at val, V-A-L, at wakingupinamerica.com. Once again, that's val at wakingupinamerica.com, and that's a very good email for you to be remembering because you might want to ask a question while we're on the air, and you can just send me an email at that address, and hey, you know what? Um, We'll ask that question on the air if we have time for it. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And you have the email address right now, so that's a really good thing. And, uh, gosh, I was remembering, as we've gone through all this stuff about God and state and all this kind of stuff, I like saying the Declaration of Independence, and I haven't. I realized that the last time I had said it was at a baseball game like 10 years ago. So... I put the Declaration of Independence in because I really do like what our forefathers put together for us. So if you'll take your hand and put it over your heart right now, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now, mind you, those are pretty good things to stand for, so I think I will. And I do believe in a spiritual existence. I do believe I'm a karmic being. I do believe I have a lot of fixed signs in my chart. I do believe that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I just want to be more and more myself. I'm Dr. Valerie Ann Kirkgaard, and in 1984, I picked up one of my things in history, and that was to carry the Olympic torch. And when you carry that Olympic torch, once it's been ignited, you just can't put that thing down. And the Olympic torch actually stands has standards which are Sidious, Altius, Fortius, which is swifter, higher, stronger. So I live my life out of the conversation of doing something more effectively in a higher plane and with great personal strength and community strength and global strength. And we have on the air with us today one of the strongest, most powerful, most beautiful, most outrageous women I have ever come across in my entire existence. And... Um, 
I just love Tippy Hedren, and she's here today. And when you look at our website, you'll see the birds. Most of you have seen the birds movie at one point or another. I put in the one Tippy where the the the, um, the birds are after you. <laughs> and uh, I know that I've, I've seen your birds. <laughs> the birds are out all over the place. It's a wonderful thing. So we thank Alfred Hitchcock for that. And um, I was telling Tippy before the show started that one of the things that I we're going to be talking about the big animals and Shambhala, and that's going to be in the second half hour. But in the first half hour, I really want to introduce you to a woman who I believe is totally in her destiny. Would you remember on the air, Tippy, when we had um, James Marshall reading astrology? I, I, I don't. I don't think so. But uh, Val, I want you to always introduce me. <laughs> you got it. Any time you want. That's wonderful. I'd be happy to. I just. <laughs> You sparkle. Thank you. And she drives a Cadillac, too, <laughs> unless you change cars. I do, and then the Roar Foundation and the Shambhala Preserve does not pay for my anything. No, because she is a working actress. <laughs> a sassy no, working it, actress. It isn't for, I'm working because uh, because if I don't, I you know, I, I would be... Uh, Come on. Don't you like working at all? Come on. Yeah, Give me a break. I do. Shut up. And I, I loved working, doing the at CSI. With um, Bill Peterson, it was. Oh dang! When did you do that? It, it aired in December. Oh, is it, it? Can I see it anywhere? You know, I'm not sure. I you know, probably on the CSI website or something, huh? Maybe good. You, may you know, Tippy, I haven't seen a picture of you recently, but you're gorgeous. I mean, I've well, seen you in person. You know, do you know the um, magazine Dieta? I've heard of it. Oh well, I'm uh, I'm on the cover, and uh, I have a centerfold. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, she laughed. Sorry, it was so loud. I apologize. No, and I have I have received more. In fact, I even got a movie offer because of that centerfold. So, ex- excuse me, this is new information. See now, right away, as soon as you say centerfold, you assume I'm stark nude. I did, I did. I well, let me put it this way: it flashed before my eyes there for oh, a moment. Uh, well, how'd that look? Not bad, as I thought. <laughs> I was pretty impressed. So did anyway, you get naked? And I'm in a very beautiful evening gown. Now, see, I get that. I mean, every time I've ever come across you in a magazine, by the way, I don't buy magazines much, but I want to go to the beauty parlor. I always like coming through the magazines. You're always dressed. I think that Grace Kelly actually dressed like you. Oh. You know how when people address Grace, say about how beautifully Grace Kelly dressed? I bet she was inspired by you and Audrey Hepburn. Uh, well, because I think that, that the way you dress and the way they dressed have always been womanhood is best, you know, kind of Chanel stuff. Yeah, I li- I, I love that and St. John and Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a swifter higher stronger, Sidious Altius Fortius. It's that taking the highest level. I could take you right now probably and introduce you to the queen and you would be fine. I've met her. Did you really? I met the queen. Yeah. Uh, when when our movie um, Roar was um, uh, opening in London. Wow. Well, that's that's like majorly terrific. So, what year was that? Uh, oh, you know what? It wasn't it wasn't Roar. It was the Birds when the Birds. Oh, so that was the seventies, right? Yes, sixties. Wow. We, we uh, the bird. We we uh, filmed the birds in um, sixty one, 
I watched it just as recently as like two months ago. 62, in 62, and it came out in 63. It's still a darn good movie. You bet it is, and you know why? Because it isn't all full of special effects. Uh, actually, we have You saying that after what you guys went through to make those birds flap around and attack you? That must have been... It, yeah. Actually, the, the special effects were real. I mean, that's what was such fun about that movie. How did they make the birds come after you? And a great director. Obviously, the birds listened. <laughs> you know, at Shambhala, we have a huge, huge number of uh, ravens who live here. Do you really? Yeah. yeah they so. probably saw the stuff when you have in your trailer. No, you're not. <laughs> you know, and they're, they're meat eaters, so they're very happy. We serve um, um, around 600 pounds of meat every day. So they're so happy. They just sweep, swoop down and and take chunks of meat away from the from the lions and tigers. And uh, it's they're very brazen and they're also very large and very shiny. I love the ravens. Well, you know, I'm just kind of curious. Are you still doing tours at your place? Yes, we're open one weekend a month. We're very exclusive. Uh, we have, and uh, all of all of that is listed on our our website, which is shambhala. dot org. Yeah, h a m b a l a. dot org. Does it still come with lunch? She said, thinking as her mouth is no, watering. No, no, we don't do that. You can bring your own picnic. Oh, too bad. I'm sorry. I date back to the area of the barbecue, and I loved I, it. Oh, it was it was wonderful. But there's, uh, you know, we average about a hundred people each day that we're open. Really. That's good. Cool. So that helps. I mean, didn't God? Well, it does, but you know, and we have to raise uh, seventy-five to eighty thousand every month. <laughs> Shambhala going, and uh, you know, with uh, uh, you know, the security is very, very important. So we're always uh, raising, uh, putting new fencing in, doing new, uh, you know, uh, changing the compounds, and and um, you know, just last week, I noticed that Patrick, our liger. Was oh, what a liger is. The liger is um, a hybrid uh, between the lion and the tiger. And if the sire is a lion, it's called a liger. Huh. The tiger is called a tigon. And um, Patrick came to us, oh, when he was about seven years old, and he had been living in uh, Illinois at a roadside zoo. And he uh, it, he was in such a small cage that he could take three steps one way and three steps the other way. You're getting me upset. He had no shelter, summer or winter. And the uh, when he was in quarantine at Shambhala, the veterinarian said he's lucky he's here because he's losing muscle tone. Well, he's now 18 or 19. We're not quite sure. A lot of times we don't get good records. They don't, these animals don't come with good records. Um and he has arthritis, and he was having trouble getting up on his his high rise, and so I had a, a ramp built for him. Oh, emulate himself better, you know, and easier and less less pain. He's on um, a pain medication. Do you perceive them as your children, or how do you hold them? Uh, I I just call them my my friends, you know, and I'm not. Ever saying it's a good pet, ever. No, I hear uh, that. And um, uh, because they're not, they're dangerous animals. And um, no matter how loving they are, they can have one bad moment. Well, it's um, yeah, and there's nothing you can do to stop that. 
I mean, these animals shouldn't be born uh, to be under personal possession. It's just wrong. How many would you say there are, Tippy, in the U.S.? Well, the, you know, the problem is, uh, Val, is that uh, there aren't, the laws aren't unilateral across the United States. And it's because in some states it's probably more difficult to get a license for your dog than have a lion or a tiger living in your backyard. So Are you kidding? No, I'm not. That's crazy. So there's no way to get a real bead on how many cats uh, are living. In Texas, there is an estimated 5,000 tigers. More there in, in Tigers India. alone, my God. In India, there are 1,400. Now, you do lions and tigers. Do you do any other animals as well? Yeah, we do um, uh, any of the exotic felines. Uh, the serval, the, uh, oh gosh, the uh, Asian leopard cats, the um, uh, and the mountain lions. I just sneak in a couple of elephants and snakes. Well, we had the two elephants, you know, and we did have um, we had um, a, a python. The the yellow python. Yeah, I have a picture of myself with that yellow python around my neck. I loved it. Yeah, but, you know, they got so big that I, uh, you know, and, and uh, their food became bigger and I couldn't handle it. So uh, I found a really wonderful place. Huh. You know, and this, the, the reptiles are not our, um, that's, uh, they're, that's see. what we're Okay, so I'm going to have to stop you here because when I mentioned the elephants, that was your opportunity to break into the romantic story of the oh, elephants who found each other and you totally stepped <laughs> over it. So I'm going to have to come back and point you back on the trail again of the wonderful elephants because it's a good it's story. A, Val, I've got so much information in my head, I can't. I know, it's fine. I just say, well, I'm totally forgiven. <laughs> I have to have that elephant story out here. Well, we, we had two uh, wonderful uh, African elephants, a, a bull and a cow. And uh, uh, Timbo, the, the bull elephant, came to us in um, uh, 1972, the same year we bought uh, the place that eventually turned into the Shambhala Preserve and which the Roar Foundation now owns. I donated all of the property. Uh, our, cow, our cow elephant came from the Circus Vargas, which she hated so much that she... Um, Tore the tent down and almost killed two trainers, and they were going to euthanize her. You know, because that's what they do. That's what the circuses do. They call them a bad animal, and, and um, you know, they have them euthanized. And we heard about it and and said, let, let us take her. And they said, you're crazy. She'll kill you. Well, she was an angel um, because all she had to do was be an elephant like Timbo. But the day that she came... We were all a little bit worried because we thought, what if, what if they fight? What do we do? And um, uh, so we were all kind of holding our breath. And she uh, stepped out of her limousine, her great big van, and um, uh, Timbo, you know, they, they, they hear everything. I mean, they're here. The, the, the hearing on the elephant is acute. And uh, he not only heard, but he smelled her. And mm. he came walking across the, he was out in the desert, and he came walking across very deliberately. And um, uh, can you hold on one second? We have our veterinarian here, and he's, they're coming to, to back. Jesse, I love this kind of stuff. You have to so, know I love this kind of stuff. Can you hold on with Sure. Hello, Dr. Cobble. <laughs> it's kind of like when Carol Chatting was on the show. She actually had FedEx come. Oh, 
FedEx came when Carol Channing was on. Oh. <laughs> so she went to the door to answer FedEx. Once when Terry Cole Whitaker was on, her kitchen started on fire. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. So she had to go put her kitchen fire out. So I've, Jonathan Granoff <laughs> has just stepped out of a meeting at the UN, and you could hear all the clattering oh. and the voices in the background. I just loved it. It's a charge. Yeah. But I love that the vet is there. Larry Hagman was yes. on, and his gardener showed up. <laughs> so we included the gardener. Was there anything the vet would like to say? Um, well, he's now going to jump over couches and try to get my domestic kitties. Is this uh, that by any uh, chance that, that attractive man that you've been engaged to? Oh, no, I'm no longer. <gasps> you aren't. Oh, my God. Tippy Hedren is available. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a radio show, so I have to keep talking. <laughs> um, but I, we were talking about... Um, they're going to have to find the kitties by themselves, of course. <laughs> Maybe you want to tell them how many kitties you have. Well, now I own. <laughs> just came in and she goes, I'm sorry. Okay. See, this is real, folks. I want you to get this. This is absolutely real. We're absolutely doing it. I wish you could have heard some of the of the tigers and lions when uh, how mad they get when they have to have these these injections, you know, because they don't understand. They, we try to tell them this is very important to your health. You know. Well, sometimes, you know, I probably shouldn't mention this on the air, but I will. There's a there's a vine of there's something called the vine of death that they take in the Amazon basin, and the vine of death is actually something that allows you to talk to animals. Really? So, yeah, really. And the Amazon natives use ayahuasca for two purposes. The leaders of the tribe use ayahuasca so that they can create world vision, okay? And the hunters of the tribe use ayahuasca so that they can communicate with the animals. And I decided that I had to do this thing. Really? Really. And, and you I did that? I did it about 15, 20 years ago. And it was it was horrid. I threw up and it was just terrible. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did have some really great hallucinations. <laughs> And one of them was a little right. angels in a wastebasket, you know, <laughs> telling me that life was just fine and blah, 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 blah. But when I came home, I will now talk to my animals, and my dog talks back to me now. Well, I have I have, um, I have, have animals that do that as well. And I See what I mean? I didn't take that stuff. Well, that's because you were already there. Well, that may be. I had to get, I had to open up consciousness to allow that process of, of receiving and giving between myself and animals to occur. Huh. I wasn't, it was like a, a capability was there, but it wasn't turned on yet. Or I didn't understand that I had it or, you know, any way that you want to get it. But after that, I'm totally convinced that the use of that um, that substance is the reason that I'm so into global radio and stuff. Because I wasn't before. I was very eye-oriented. Now I'm much more we-oriented and I'm much more interested in seeing what the different parts of the conversation have to say. I think that what's going on in the, right now, France and England, not France, France and Germany are blaming the U.S. for the global catastrophe. Yeah, it's right. that absurd. You know something? I don't go along with that. If you if you look back into the, the forming of the of the world, we were totally ice, and then we gradually warmed up, and uh, this will go on for a while, and eventually it will be over, but we do not have anything to do with global warming. Now, see, this is so that. good because I'm going to disagree with you, but I'm going to do that after after we take the break because I'm saving the disagreeable part 
<laughs> right now, this is I the bonding part, Tippy. I haven't even finished the elephant story, and I have. Okay, you finish the elephant story because that'll take us close to the time, oh, okay. right? And then we'll okay. come back and we'll grip global warming and the G20. Okay, right after, and then that'll be really fun. And then they'll say, "Good radio," okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Anyway, so Timbo is walking across the the, de- the des- desert with his, this purposeful stride, and we're going, "Oh God, oh, what are we going to do?" And she walked down her ramp, and they met, and they entwined trunks. And they turned towards each, you know, walked side by side out into the, into the desert. And, um, and then they, they turned towards each other, and Timbo t- took his trunk and, and moved it all over her forehead and down her face and, being, you know, her ears. And it was just absolutely lovely. And, we thought, what, you know, what's going on here? So I did some research, and I found that they had, um, you know, I talked to people at the circus, and I talked to the people uh, up in in um, uh, Canada, where Timbo came from, uh, and um, I finally got the, the the picture that they had had um, left Africa on the same boat. I'll be danged if that's a thing. And, you know, they say that an elephant never forgets. Well, that was um, right then and there. I mean, you know, you told that story before, and I haven't heard it in a really long time, but when you started telling it, it makes me very emotional because... Well, it does me too, and the the, the beautiful thing about it, they lived out their lives here mm. and uh, in, in great happiness because they, they just had to be elephants. Why don't you tell people what Shambhala means in English? Because I think this is part of the whole... Yeah, it's a Sanskrit word, actually, that means a meeting place of peace and harmony for all beings, animal and human, which is beautiful. This was given to me after I put the Roar Foundation together. It's hard to put a foundation together, and this this, uh, woman helped me. And uh, when, when we finally got it all done, she said, I have a gift for you, and it was the word. Mm-hmm. I actually was wondering if it might have something to do with heaven. Uh, well, doesn't that sound like heaven? It does. That's what I'm saying. It sounds, but it actually sounds like it could be a word for heaven. That I, I agree with that. Yeah, there's just there's something about it. Hmm, very special. Yes, it is. We're well, having know. trouble finding the kitties. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got Trudy, who is she? She always finds them, and she's not having any luck either. They just plain disappeared. Well, actually, um, I'm going to let people know about our good guys right now. And hopefully we'll just pull in that the kitty is there found as we do this good guys conversation here. Because Stardust has a mailing list of over 100,000 people. And their top quality people, this mailing list has been double opted. You know, know, uh, I need to talk to you about a fundraising um, theory that we were talking about last night because I'm panicked with this. Well, hang on because I have to acknowledge these people for um, contributing to the show and then we sure can talk about that. That's great. Um, So, Roberta's bungalows, (laughs) you're tired of what goes on in this country and um, you just want to escape. Buy the plane to send to um, Puerto Vallarta. There's good low fares during the week. Get yourself a car. Bring a couple of friends. Drive north to to San Pancho and enjoy a really reasonably priced experience there. Um, tell them Val sent you to Roberto's Bungalows, and guess what? They'll give you a discount. 
The telephone number, they have a statewide number here. It's 971-239-4120. That's 971-239-4120. Ask for Steve and Diana and tell them that Val sent you, and you're going to love me for this one. You're going to write me an email, or you're going to call me up, or you're going to do something to say thank you for this, because this town is like it used to be 50 years ago, and there's a simplicity and a charm to San Pancho and None of the stuff you've heard is going on in Mexico that's only on the border and in Mexico City. Nothing that is scary or anything like that is happening down in this area. This area has like a, I think it's less than 1% crime rate. Something very minimal. Definitely not what's going on here in the U.S. So check them out, 971-239-4120. And Diana will probably answer the phone and just say, Val sent you. You were listening to Waking Up in America and that Dippy Hedron woman, by gosh. Um, also, call me at 310-455-8623 if you want to know more about Monavi. <clears throat> and we are going to thank Diamond Alignment because Diamond Alignment is... I discovered my own Diamond Alignment in the early 90s and then Joy came along and she created or she allowed or she... I don't know what the right word for it is, but I believe we have a divine transmission here, so... That's what we're going to play for you, and then we'll be back. Tippy Hedron and I are just about to get into it, too, I can tell on politics. We live in a world that is more alive with possibility than ever before in history. Yet it is easy to get lost in the confusion and chaos of such an accelerated world. How do we stay connected and aligned with the unlimited potential that lies within us and soar in these exciting yet challenging times? Diamond Alignment, a sacred technology for the 21st century, offers high-speed connection and alignment with this divine power within, both convenient and profound. The six-minute multi-sensory diamond experience delivered via the internet clears your mind, relaxes your body, and creates inner peace no matter what is going on around you. The diamond alignment experience effortlessly keeps you charged with joy and equanimity and greater focus and clarity throughout your day. Experience the expansive energy of diamond alignment. You activate the unlimited wealth and potential within you. And just let me tell you something, she's not kidding either. She and Diamond Alignment actually sponsored, were one of the major sponsors to my trip to the inauguration. And I chuckled the whole time I was on the trip because everything was happening so synchronistically. <laughs> and to have a major contributor called Diamond Alignment, it was like even to the point that when I got on the plane to um, to fly to Washington D.C., I found a brand new airline at three hundred dollars cheaper than the other airline that wanted to take me through two places. But instead, I only had to fly directly from Los Angeles to Washington D.C. on a brand new plane. And the woman who I would have play my life if they ever decide to make a movie of me, Tippy, is Catherine Keener. And Catherine Keener was right in front of me. 
And I laughed because Catherine Keener is, I've been trying to get my next door neighbor, Nicole Hoffa Center, because she wrote, um, she, she's written movies for Catherine Keener. Friends with Money was one of them. And I wanted her to text message the next door neighbor so that I could um, make sure my son had the right information. I forgot to leave him some stuff when I was going. So I had I had Catherine Keener texting Nicole, my next door neighbor, and the whole trip was like that. Even to the point, Tippy, that when I wanted to go to the ball, there was a man that came out of the hotel looking just like um, Larry Hagman with a beautiful woman on his arm, and he was wearing a white Stetson. And when uh-huh. I said to him, are you going to the ball? And he says, sure, hop in. Turned out he was a Dallas attorney. Do you know what I'm saying? I was like, every, I, w- I couldn't get in the ball because I didn't have tickets and I didn't have my press thing vented because I hadn't gotten there early enough and all that stuff. I ended up getting into two of the balls. Oh, see? And you know how I did it? I told him it was my destiny. Oh. Okay, I told him I carried the Olympic torch. I've been at the Nobel Laureates Conference. I was at Reagan's funeral. You honestly think I'm not getting into one of these balls? Oh. Now, you and I wanted to talk about destiny, and maybe our destiny is to disagree about some things. Oh. Or to see it through different eyes. It doesn't matter. But the point is that Tippy and I are not necessarily always on the same side of the fence about things, though we are. About that, a lot of things. That doesn't mean that we can't like each other. Does I, it? I love her, actually. <laughs> I just think she's so cute. Not only is she cute, she's incredibly beautiful. Um, it's worth a trip. I'm sorry, Tippy, but I can't help it. It's worth a trip to go out there and see how good Tippy Hedron looks. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. You're welcome, because it's true, you know. Um, anyway, that's very kind of you. What was that TV show that you were on that you wanted them to know about? Oh, I'm uh, CSI. Yeah, CSI. Yeah, I, uh, it was one of Billy um, uh, Peterson's last shows. You know, he 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 quit the show because he wanted to do stage work in Chicago. That was so weird because I saw that final show and I thought, what is going on here? Yeah, and he left. He just left. Ah, uh, yeah. Would, you know, he's those are big shoes to fill. Those are yeah. That's totally great. But I didn't. I, I'm glad I finally got the scoop about what had happened because I thought it was insane when I saw the show. Because they had, they were sending, if they were saying he was bad and sending everybody somewhere, and I thought this is stupid. And well, this is that this helps what you're saying, but I think a really important thing right now is is that um, one of the things that we were talking about was global warming. Oh yes, well you know uh, as far as cleaning up our rivers and the air around us and all of that, I am right on with that. You know, and, and uh, you know, recycling and you know, doing everything we can, and it's teaching our kids that this is what this is how we. Well, this isn't the fight I was part. expecting. <laughs> no, I'm talking about global warming that I do not agree with. I know, but usually ecology and global warming. That usually the people that don't agree with global warming don't think ecology matters either. Well, I think it does. Oh, no, I got that. So I said it's not going to be as much fun because I can't no. fight with you as much as I thought I was going to. <laughs> but I, I am convinced. I mean, I really am from when I first started learning about our planet that, um, you know, we ice up and, and, um, and then we get warmer and um, then we, I will, in thousands of years, we will start to ice up again. But it will either freeze to death or will burn up. Do you know anything about the ozone layer? Pardon me? Do you know anything about the ozone layer? 
yeah. What do you know about it? Oh, what do I know about it? Well, it's a, it, it keeps us from burning up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so here's how I'm going to argue with okay, you. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna, this is my turn to argue now. Okay. So John Denver used to be a regular on Waking Up in America, uh-huh. and I don't. His was Windstar. His was Windstar, and he was talking about, about. I'm talking, and then Noel Brown of the United Nations. He was he was Secretary General in charge of the North American continent. Okay, so we're talking 15, 20 years ago. Noel Brown lives in Connecticut now, or something, and I can't get him to answer the phone. But at one time, he was a great conversation here on Waking Up in America. What they were saying, and this is God, this has got to be mid early to early 80s, that we actually, I'm thinking that everything you said is probably going to happen, but we actually speeded up the process. And one of the things we did was we created a lot of holes in the ozone layer with our aerosols. And I was remembering that John said this thing to me that just has stuck in my mind all these years. He said, Val, do you understand that if you spray one spray, of aerosol today, that that spray of aerosol is going to be destroying the ozone for over 50 years. And I go, no, I didn't know that. So it was like, there is a relationship. It isn't just separated. Did you see the thing on the LA Times, Tiffy, about three or four years ago when they showed the island of plastic floating? Oh, yes, I know. Oh, it's horrible. You know, and it has to do, that stuff actually changes the temperatures of the oceans and stuff. You know, so that is how we, you know, when we do oil spills and things like that in the ocean, and it affects the life that balances the ocean, i got to argue that global warming is contributed to heavily by us. Well, you know, this earth could shake us all off in a New York minute. (laughs) Well, I heard it might in 2012. Have you heard that one? Oh, I've heard that too. What did you hear? Um, Well, the... the, Planet X? Yeah, it's just going to be the end of us. End of us. You know, it's really interesting because I went through, God, when I first heard about it, my friend Brenda called me up, told me about this like two years ago. Well, I got like so bummed I could hardly see straight. Did you ever hear of David Wilcox? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, he's an he's a astrophysicist, I've been told, and unfortunately I lost the darn recording in the computer. It just vanished somewhere. But I listened to this whole long recording by um, David Wilcox, and for, toward the end of it, what he was talking about, did you ever see the movie with Jodie Foster, um, Contact? Yes. Okay, and you remember that worm tunnel that she goes down in it? And then you remember the place where she meets with her dad? He said that when, that right now that we have the capacity to go forward and backward in time. It already exists. And he said that was one of the ways the elections were being fixed and stuff like that was that they could go into the future and then see where the weak states were and then go into the... Because I was wondering how come that was always so critical. Anyway, I don't know this is true for a fact, but David Wilcox is very well considered in this world. And he said that when they go into the future, into 2012, it's a blank screen. That it's not catastrophe, that it's not anything else, it's a blank screen. And that that... The, the information that they're receiving is is that we have the ability to cause whatever it is that we want to cause when we unite global consciousness. So if you were to create a global consciousness for your cats, for instance, something not just like HR bill, whatever, but something in which, like what would Shambhala look like or what would be the most advanced thing that you could imagine and how would that affect the planet? 
Uh, but you're uh, going to be gone in a few years. Uh-uh. Well, 40 or 50, aren't you going to be gone? <laughs> okay, oh. and how many billion years have you been around? I call that a few. Yes, I see. I see, okay. Well, no, I plan to um, to live until I'm 120. This is very funny, because I've already said 127 myself, but I'm in such lousy shape right now, I don't know if I'll make it that well, far. you can change that, though. You know. I know. Now, tell them how good you eat, too. Oh, I do. I, I try to eat, eat very, very well. I, I eat fish, but I don't eat meat uh, for two reasons. I, I um, um, you know, almost all of us have a little bit of arthritis when we get to a, a certain age. And uh, I understood, I read that uh, there's the acids in the meat will, will um, you know, you'll... you'll Aggravate the arthritis. Yes, uh, definitely. The inflammation you're yes. talking about. And the other reason is I really don't like to uh, eat animals. Uh, well, it's so funny. The whole time you're sitting here talking, I'm going, gee, I wonder if she's taking any Monavie. Are you? By what? Are you taking Monavie? Monavie. Oh, no. Well, we'll talk about that later. No, I don't. No, I don't. You'll like it. It I... it did amazing things for arthritis. Um, uh, I'm just... Oh, I'm, I've got it all under control now. I, I had to have my, uh, oh, there's the most beautiful raven. He just stole Patrick's food. He heard us talking, yeah. you know. Um, I um, I, ha- I, I had to have my vertebrae operated on in my neck. And what caused that? Was that the arthritis? Well, that and, you know, being hit by so many lions and tigers over a Okay, <laughs> it's a rather serious, it's an unusual job occupation or a job, job hazardous. risk. Hazardous, hazardous. So you've been hit a lot of times? Yeah. Yeah. They hit you with the back of your paw or just accidentally? Oh, no. We had one that used to think it was so funny to tackle us. (laughs) Or hurt hurt anybody, but... Good Lord, didn't it scare the the Jesus out of you? I did. Not very much scares me except getting old. I don't mind getting older. I just don't want to be old. No, I totally know what you're... And it doesn't show in your voice. Tell them how old you are. Or do you dare... Oh well, I, I when I was seventy five, I came out. I never talked about my my age because I. I uh, and how long ago was that? She said cautiously. <laughs> yeah, you got me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I I had about six or seven age ages out there. Yeah. And um, are you are we going to actually have a, a breakthrough on waking up an American here? The actual one that you're claiming as of this moment. Yeah, I'm 79. Really? Yeah. Does that voice no, sound like 79? Your voice no, sounds like 35 or 40. To, yeah. I want you to go and find that Dieta magazine so you'll know what I look like. How do you spell that? D-A-E-I-D-A. D-A-E-I-D-A. And uh, it's a, a, a beautiful magazine, and it's about um, different entertainers or... Or actors, or D A E A E I I D A. Yeah. And that's Daida Magazine. Daida Magazine. Guess what? What? I'm looking for it right now. Oh, you can find it. Huh? It's on. <laughs> it's on your. Uh, you can look it up on your on your internet. Exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh my God! Do you look great? You look at the centerfold now. I think you have to look at it. Now I do have to look at the centerfold. <laughs> Hippie. That's really you? Yes. And it hasn't been airbrushed or anything? Oh, I think it's been airbrushed a little. Well, they'd have to do a lot of airbrushing to do that. Oh, come on. 
You look really good. Thank you. God, I forgot how pretty your eyes are. No, you'll have to. You'll just have to come out and see. What issue is that on? What day? This month. Oh, this month, the latest issue. So I just clicked on the latest issue. There you are. Clicked on the link at the right to view the latest. They've, they've uh, put a number of the photo, photos of when I was um, doing uh, my modeling career in New York. I know. It was actually, I didn't expect it. Have the naked you so fast. <laughs> I love saying I'm not a centerfold. That's I know it's good. You know, I actually did have a Playboy Bunny on the show once. I didn't know she was a Playboy Bunny. It got to be very interesting. Uh, I bet she is actually a stunt woman and she's a very amazing lady. Oh, this is really cool. Yeah. What pages are your centerfold on? Oh, there it is, right in the center. Well, I just because they have the thing where you can flip through the magazine. Um. I'm looking at you. Gosh. I don't know what. You know, I sometimes I wonder if Larry King would say something different to you than I'm going to say to you. <laughs> but I don't know if Larry King would say this or not. But is it appropriate to ask if you've ever had plastic surgery? You can uh, say no or yes. Well, I, I I believe that if you if you want to have those things done, that you should. Okay, because I my eyes used to look almost as good as yours, and after I had the plastic surgery, that's what we did it made me ask because for about two years my eyes looked really great. Oh, well, yeah, from what I understand, there are some really good ones out there. Yeah, and some really bad ones. Well, I fortunately found a really good one um, over in Beverly Hills. Bless his heart. And he gave me beautiful eyes. And see, it's really interesting because my mom was totally against any of that kind of stuff. So she left when she was 87, okay? But it was like everything was sagging on her. And she liked that. She thought that was maturing. Well, I'm not, I don't come to that club. <laughs> if there's something that makes me feel better or I can do something better, then I want to do that. Yeah, I want to have those. There, yeah, well, I agree with that. But there are things that you can do to to eliminate those things. You know, like when I was when I was modeling I learned so many really wonderful things about um posture and um you know, leading with your chin, which stops all that saggy stuff. Leading say more about leading with your chin, I haven't heard that one. But that's a model thing, right? Yes. Now you you so you were actually a model. How did you actually get into this um helping with the big cats and getting political with it? Uh that was um well, I did the, the two films in Africa, and uh, during that time, environmentalists were saying if we don't do something, and that was in 69 and 70, they were saying if we don't do something right now to save the animals in the wild by the year 2000, they'll be gone. So a lot of... Well, obviously per- something worked. Well, they're still saying the same thing. Yeah, but guess what? There's still animals here to say that's, it about. That's right. And w- during that time... We uh, learned a lot about the, the plight of the whale, the panda, the elephant, the tiger. Yeah, the wolves, all of them. Uh, every, everything, yes. Well, now, one of the things that I want to make sure that we cover before the end of the show, because anybody now has a chance to see how absolutely <laughs> gorgeous you are. You're just gorgeous. Um, I have to I keep looking at your picture on the computer. You know, you know what I would like to talk about is the, the, the work I've done in Washington. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you about, yeah. this bill that you have. 
Yeah, in 2003, I was successful in getting a bill passed um, to stop the uh, interstate traffic of these animals as, as for personal possession. And how big a deal was that? I mean, it was really huge. It's, well, it's not easy. If you can throw out some figures to show people the magnitude of this thing, because in the beginning, I couldn't think how many people could possibly be doing this. They're huge. Yeah, um, it, it's uh, the um, exotic animal business is huge. Just under, according to U.S. Fish and Wells, I was just under illegal drugs. And um, so well, you know, you and I met through that cougar initiative originally. Yeah. And you and I stopped that cougars. A, that was a uh, that was a state law bill. This yeah, but we actually did. Federal. They actually voted it down, and we had people at the news station bawling their heads off yeah. with that tape you got me about that cougar being shot down out of the tree. Oh, it's awful. It's so awful. part of what people need to know is that part Dog of the reason that this is so dogs. big is because people are doing canned shoots and they're also, um, you know, they're using the animals to tell them what a canned shoot is. Oh, they call it a canned hunt, which is not a hunt at all. They'll, these, um, uh, there are a number of the canned hunts in, in all over the Midwest. Uh, in Texas, there are supposedly uh, 500 of them. And then they're interspersed among a number of states where... Uh, for anywhere to three to three to thirty thousand dollars or more, you can blow that animal away for, with the weapon of your choice. For a head and it's animal. legal. Huh. Is it legal? Are there any states where it is illegal? And it's illegal in the in California, Oregon, uh, Hawaii. Um, uh, yeah, there are a number of places that it is illegal. And how many Have how many been. states would would you say are participating in this now? Uh, the most famous well, of which being? The most famous is Texas and Oklahoma. See how I brought that out? <laughs> so good. I know. Uh, I know. I, yeah, I, listen, I have to talk about the, the bill because we you do. don't have much time. You do. So um, anyway, the, the, the bill, that, um, the Captive Wildlife Safety Act, which I co-authored uh, in 2003, was um, uh, introduced by my own congressman, Buck McKeon, and I went to testify for for the bill, and um, um, the only thing I'm going for in this bill and the one, the one in 2003 is a public safety issue, because there have been over 570-some uh, accidents with the big cats and the lesser cats, the exotics, and uh, there's been 37 people killed, children and adults. And this is insanity to... to uh, Over what period of time, Tippy? Pardon me? Over what period of time? Uh, I think it's five years. How many total? Five to seven. 570-some. Uh, Jesus. It's absurd. You know, the, and under what uh, circumstances does this normally occur? Uh, private ownership. Taking them to malls or, or different places to, to be photographed with people. Unassuming people. Um, if that if, if that animal gets a bead on somebody, there's nothing you can do to stop it, short of a bullet to the brain. You know, it's 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 these are apex predators. And um, for how many years has it been that people have said, "Oh, let's make a pet out of them"? You can't. And they keep getting bigger and bigger. Can't. Give them the idea of uh, let our listening audience know how big these guys actually get. Well, they're they're. Um, an average of 500 pounds. Patrick weighs over 600. Um, uh, and, and 
You know, they don't have to do aerobics. They don't have to, to run. They don't have to do anything. That energy, that power is there. Well, it's interesting just watching my cats run through the house. Oh, sure. Oh, they're amazing. I mean, the speed, the the agility, the and this is just a couple of really good-sized house cats. So multiply my cat by 50. You can never handle it. And they're not declawed, folks. Neither are mine. (laughs) Some of my furniture shows it. Yeah. But now the bill that I'm working on now, so that bill was passed unanimously in the House. The Captive Wildlife Safety Act was passed unanimously in the House and Senate. And Bush signed it on uh, uh, December 19th of 2003. The bill that I'm working on now is a federal ban. This is the title. A federal ban to um, stop the breeding of the exotic feline for personal possession, which I think covers... What would you breed it for, then, if you did if you did that? can't. So that's the actual they, thing, is yeah, don't breed them at all. That, that's correct. It'll just stop the whole thing. And um, I have a, a great force behind me. Um, I have uh, uh, Perlmutter, Ed Perlmutter, who is a congressman from um, the Denver area of Colorado. Uh-huh. And uh, Buck McKeon is going to um, support on the um, uh, Republican side. Uh, Perlmutter is uh, introducing it um, we need, a, because of the climate in Washington, we need to have a Democrat introduce it. And, totally. I get and, that. Uh, um, it's going to, it will stop it. And you know what? This bill is four pages. What does it happen? You think they can read that one? <laughs> no, but you could read it to them pretty easily. <laughs> yes, I could. No, no, I think that's the way to get it done. Yeah. I just sit there and read it to them. It's a brilliant idea, probably your most brilliant political move is four pages. Absolutely. Good job, Tiffy. Easy, it's e- you know, easy to understand. It just is stop it. Stop well, you've it. got history behind you, yes, okay? Sir. You've got accomplishment behind you. You've got long time you've been in this business and you've made a difference and um, you know, there's that whole thing they push around on the internet about how are you living between the how the year of your birth, and then there's a dash, and then there's the year of your death, and it's like the quality of your dash is excellent, you know, <laughs> what you've been what you've been putting on. So, what are you going to do after you get this one passed? Uh, then we're going to go after the circuses and get the uh, the wild animals out of the circus. Wow, I can see why you want to stay around 120 years. No, I need to. The rate you're going, I, I pack another. Well, you know, they say that the biblical people really were 900 years old. Oh. Um, so God knows what's going to happen, especially with what's happening in science today. Oh, absolutely. Isn't you know? Amazing. There's a, I, mean, there's, I, I, I was telling you about the operation I had on my neck. I have a titanium plate in my neck. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's about four <laughs> inches long. And about oh, oh half inch wide, and it's got eight emerald green screws in it. It's so attractive that I asked my doctor if I could have one, and I wear it around my neck. Oh, you're funny. You are so funny. I love it because I have a titanium hip too. Oh, do you? Yeah, it was a point in my life where I thought, hmm, am I just going to give up and get old now, or do I want to still keep horseback riding and stuff? Good. So I went, okay, titanium hip. Let me tell you, it works just fine. I'm sure. And I'm totally here as a grateful experience thanks to the surgeons. I have a radial keratotomy. You know, I have my titanium hip. I have a ligament replacement in my right knee. Good stuff. Thank you very much, men and women of the medical industry. Well, as we're beginning to wrap up the show here, 
Chippy? Oh, you know what I would like everybody to do is, first of all, check us out on Shambhala.org. Come visit us. And um, um, there's a, a piece about the, the the reasons why it is so necessary to get this bill passed to stop the breathing. That's excellent. And um, and if if they will... What's the email that you would like them to reach you at? Uh, uh, Shambhala.org. Okay, very good. So, well, Shambhala.org is actually a web title. Would it be Anita or... No, 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 it isn't. It's just Shambhala.org. That's the the website. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. If you have an email, then you have, you know, it could go to somebody. No, that's what I was thinking. It all up. And uh, I have a a fundraising idea that I I think would be very... And everybody could do this. Everybody could help us. Um, because it's not easy to raise this money, and I'm I'm very worried about uh, the whole thing. Um, because I'm going to have to keep these animals here in sanctuary, which means no breeding, no buying, no selling, no trading, no commercial use outside the city limits. Adequate veterinary care, um, a financial plan uh, in case something happens to to me, or you know that that um, that we don't become part of the problem. Yeah, so basically it seems that what you're doing is taking what you have and then aging it out so that they're all taken yes. care of. Yes. And that you're not actually bringing in new animals right now. No, we're not. You're making sure that who's yeah, there. We have a, we have a, um, um, a sanctuary that we, American Sanctuary Association, that we founded around, around two, year 2000, maybe 1999. And uh, so there are a number of, of um, sanctuaries that hold up to these particular issues of no breeding, et cetera. And so when I hear about an animal, I can call another um, sanctuary. But I will not let my heart get in the way and have more animals. <laughs> no, no, I totally get it. Yeah. Well, I, I just really appreciate having you here on this. Wait, I want to tell you about my fundraising thing. Okay, well, you better you do know, it really fast. I'm going to do it fast. You know, the um, sort of uh, if each drop of water, every drop of water in the right place can can fill a rain barrel. Every dollar can help. And if look at if you're if every one of your audience sent um, a dollar, uh, ten dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, and that's you know sometimes your coffee costs seven dollars. You know. So. <laughs> so <laughs> day is April Fool's Day. Drink, so be be a be a drop, <laughs> not a drip. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, Val, can I use that? Yes, you certainly may. <laughs> I was trying to think what we should do for April Fool's Day. This is not a joke, okay? It isn't a joke. It isn't a joke, no, but we are—we know how to be light. <laughs> yes, and I'm, I'm not a quitter. I will never quit. I know that. I, I totally know that. She is not a quitter. She will never quit. She is taking care. Be, be a drop and not a drip. This program has been brought to you by the Golden Hearts Foundation in association with Kirkguard Media, our radio partners, KoneyCompany.com, Mona V. Max GXL, Dr. James Murphy, and Memoriam. And thank you to the team at Voice America and Dubed Migan for our theme music, Almost Ordinary People. And you rock, Tippy Hedren. Next week, invite a friend to listen. Don't go away. And remember, City of Southeast 40th, and I want to talk to you in a minute. Pouring through, now your heart is open. This is for all, all of your crazy schemes, love and dreams, and the time you spoke them. We're almost ordinary people.
people. Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com, and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.